Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appoint you a prophet to the nations. Did you hear that? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew you, Lizzie. That's what Jesus is saying. I knew you before I even formed you. He had a plan for us. And in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, you can bring it up. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's God's plan for us, is hope and a future. And this next song we're going to sing, Made for More, I think it's written all around these verses. Because it says, I wasn't made to be tending a grave. In other words, when we receive Jesus, we are a new creation. We're a new creature. And he doesn't want us tending our grave. He doesn't want us looking back. He doesn't want us going to what was dead and brought to life. Because when we receive him and we die to ourselves, when we rise in Christ, like when we're baptized and we go under the water and we raise up, that's his life for us. He doesn't want us going back to the dead part. He wants us living our life for today. Amen. And let me tell you something. He's got a plan for each person here who has chosen him. You know, it says that many are called and few are chosen. And some interpretations say many are called, but few have chosen to receive that call. And this morning, let's just receive that call together. The call to a life in Christ. Amen. Because it's a life of victory. And it's a life of joy. And it's a life of peace. So much that no matter what's going on around you, you can feel that freedom. You can just feel that peace that you know that he's in control and his plan is to bless us. So let's sing this together and make it a, a proclamation to the Lord. Lord, we're not going to go back. We're not going to go back to the grave. So yeah, we're going to do I Speak Jesus. We were made for more before we were formed in our mother's womb. Praise so Jesus Lord. knew you guys before you were even formed. And then he, your mom and dad, they made you and he breathed life into you and he made you who you were meant to be. Amen. He made you his own. Just exactly how he wanted you to be. So don't question who you are in Christ. Don't question your personality, 
your way. Just follow Jesus. And he'll bring you into that trueness. His truth. What is he? What is Jesus? The way, the truth, truth and the the life. life. He is the way. His way is truth. And through his truth, he brings life. life. Amen? Amen. Yes, Lord. Come upon us in the fire of your Holy Spirit this morning, God. Lord, we lift our hearts, we lift our voices, we lift our hands, we lift our bodies to you. God, we stand in awe of you. You break every stronghold. Yes, Lord. As we say the name that we believe in, Jesus. Amen. The simple name of Jesus to break all the darkness, to bind all the darkness that you have given us authority over in the name of Jesus. You have given us authority over every power of darkness that this world has to offer. Mm -hmm. So God, raise us up. Raise us up in your light, in your truth, and in your way. That God, we would walk out there and we would be the light in the darkness. No matter what's coming, no matter what the future holds, because we know that our future is held in your hands. Amen. And we praise you this morning together, this little body of believers, this little body of warriors for your kingdom Mm -hmm. that you're raising up for such a time as this. And we praise you and bless you this morning. Bless your word. Bless your word that it would go deep into our hearts. And we praise you. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Hey, that's what we're doing this morning is shouting Jesus from the mountain. <laughs> right? Our little mountain on Lord Hill. Amen. Shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, my helper, where'd she go? She's back there. Come on down, Grace. Time to take up an offering. Amen. <clears throat> Joe, the oh, I didn't give you the scriptures. I failed. Do you have a pen? Quite a bit of them, actually. Matthew 24. 37 through 39, Genesis 6, 5 through 8, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, Philippians 3, 12, through Philippians 4 1 and then Philippians 4 4 through 9 okay thank you so father we thank you and we praise you for this tithes and offering that you're bringing into your house 
I pray that you would bless it, that you would bless the work of our hands. You would bless our families as we give to you and to your kingdom. And we just give you all the praise and honor and thanks as we give with a cheerful heart. Amen. Amen. Well, the title of this message is called Reaching Forward. Reaching Forward. Are you pressing into Christ? Today, more than any time, we need to press into Christ. Amen? We need to press in like never before. You know, Jesus warned us about these days that we are living in. He told us these days would be like the days of Noah. And in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37 through 39, he says, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage, until the day Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. You know, last night I was listening to a little bit of um, oh, who's the pastor down there of Morningstar, hon? Rick Joyner. And he was saying that the days of Noah were so dark and also the days of Elijah were so dark But in those days, in the days of Noah, there was a man that walked with God. His name was Enoch. And it says about Enoch is that Enoch walked close with God and then Enoch was no more because God took him. Enoch and Elijah both were taken by God. They did not see death. Did not see death. But I want to read to you what the days of Noah were like. And if you got your Bibles, you can open up to Genesis chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 5 through 8. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Is everybody there? I know you're getting there. Genesis 6, chapter chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. If you don't have it, Joe's got it. It said, When the Lord saw that human wickedness was widespread on the earth, and that every inclination... Of the human mind 
Every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. Boy, that's a pretty dark day, isn't it? Those are pretty dark times. Think about the days that we're living in. If every inclination of human of the human mind was evil all the time, and Jesus compares the day that we're living in to the days of Noah, it's pretty scary, isn't it? The Lord said he regretted that he had made man on the earth and was deeply grieved. Then the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I created off the face of the earth together with the animals, creatures that crawl, and the birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. But Noah, however, found favor with the Lord. Now, if the days of Noah were so bad that God has to wipe them all out with the flood, then you can see how bad the earth is going to be when Jesus is returned. The whole earth will be corrupt and the minds will be filled with wickedness as the time it was in Noah's days. We see this happening today. Evil is widespread throughout the whole earth. Not just in what we see, but what is in the minds of others. And that's the most scariest thing because you do not know what other people are thinking. You do not know what other people think in their minds. You know, Julie and I have been talking lately in our talks and our devotions and our prayer time that we have to take every thought captive. Every thought captive. We have to be like soldiers on guard, standing in your minds. Did you hear that? You have to be like soldiers in your minds, taking every thought captive. And what you have to do when you have a bad thought or an evil thought is that you need to take that thought, you need to rebuke it, and you need to cast it out. You need to turn that thought right around and send it right back to where it came from, and that was hell. Amen? You, and we learned this last night, that God has given us all authority on earth just as he has given Jesus authority. Jesus turned around and gave us authority. Right? So we have to command those things out. You have to command them. Just like, as an example, when you get a bad thought, you just say, no, in Jesus' name, I command that thought to be sent right back to where it came from. 
never to enter into my mind or into my body, into my spirit, into my soul, into my soul, and then into my spirit. The Bible says, out of a man's, out of the man's um, heart, his mouth speaks. Well, we got to guard our hearts. We got to guard our minds and guard our hearts. Amen. With everything we got, we got to be, we got to be diligent. We got to be, we got to be proactive. We got to be on guard. You know, you got to be on watch. You're, a, you're a soldier created. To do good things, created in Christ Jesus. To do good things. We have to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We have to take every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We do this as soldiers in Christ's army. Or, if you don't, then you can sink the ship. It's a fast spiral down. Our assignment as soldiers is to refuse any unholy thought into our mind, into our soul, and into our spirit. You know, I was listening to a little clip and it says, our bodies is like the temple. Because Jesus, we are the temple, right? Of God. Made in God's image. What was at the temple? There was the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. What is our body made of? It's made of flesh, it's made of soul, and it's made of spirit. The flesh is that outer court. You got to stop things right there in the flesh, don't you? Because it's your flesh that wants you to sin. It's your flesh that says, oh, it feels good, looks good, sounds good, tastes good. Right? You got to stop it right there at the flesh. So it don't get into your soul. Because if it can get into the inner court, let it get into the outer court. You don't want it in the Holy of Holies. Right? The Spirit. Right? You don't want to be consumed with it. That's why we need to keep ourselves filled with the Holy Spirit to overflowing every day of our lives. We need to be in the Word. We need to be reading God's Word. We need to be praying. We need to be petitioning God constantly. To be so filled that there's no room for any demonic presence or any evil spirit to even come in. If your cup is full, you can't add anything to it. It overflows. We need to be at the point where we're overflowing. Amen? You need to be at the point of overflowing in your spiritual life. In your lives and in your walk with Christ Jesus. The enemy's job, right? So you have an assignment. Each one of us as Christians have an assignment like a soldier. That is to take every thought captive, right? That's one. Two, to keep your cup full, right? Keep your house clean. Keep your cup full. 
You got th- those are three big assignments that you have to do. Because the enemy's job is to bombard you with propaganda. Propaganda. Do you know that's a huge battle technique that the U.S. military uses? And not just that, but militaries across the whole world use this as a tool in their arsenal. It's propaganda. Because they want you to feel afraid and fearful of what's coming. They'll send out people saying, oh, they'll, you know, this is this is falling apart. And, you know, there's such a huge army coming against you. You're never going to be able to stand. You know, I can't make it. You're never going to make it out. They'll tell you, run, 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 run. That's exactly how the devil works. It's the same way. Propaganda. He'll start with trying to get into your mind. Right? He'll start by giving you thoughts that are not of God. Thoughts of doubt, thoughts of fear, all kinds of things. Anything to corrupt you. Anything to keep you from the perfect will of God for your life. He will send you attacks and he will bombard you. And I'm going to tell you, the only way it will stop is if you keep your cup full. If you wash the house, you keep, the, you keep that temple clean, and you fill that temple with the Holy Spirit of God. You know what's amazing with the temple is? When God came down and he filled the temple, right? There was nothing or nobody that could enter that temple except for the high priest. Nothing. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God himself filled that holy of holies. And nobody can enter it. That's how you got to be in your spirit. You know, corruption is going to come. The devil is going to come attacking. But you got to keep that spirit full. You got to be rooted on that foundation of Christ Jesus. And you can't waver. You can't waver to or fro. You've got to be built on the rock. Standing on the rock. Amen? The devil, you know what? I need to get that song. Because the devil also wants you to be trapped in your past. And I didn't realize this when I was writing this this morning. But one of the things that we sang about was hallelujah, hallelujah, you buried my past and I'm not going back. Amen? And this is a big trap for the men, specifically that I know I can only speak for myself. Because we all wanted to be bad boys, bad boys growing up and being tough, right? Right? Well, we get trapped in that, in our past, and I can see it, like, I can see, I can't mention names, but I can see it in men that I talk to, family members, right? They brag about themselves, and I have to admit I've done this myself, but God is like, no, 
What you're doing is you're going to in your past, bragging about your past. We don't want to brag about our past because that's the old man and that's the old life, right? We want to be bragging like the Apostle Paul said about on God and what Jesus has done, what Christ has done in our lives. You know, boast about nothing but boast on Jesus, basically, is what Paul says. Because God took that past and he buried it. And I'm not going back. Right? We don't want to be digging up the past. You're not going to find anything there but a rotten carcass. <laughs> right? If God took your past and buried it, you're not going to find anything there. When you, when you unbury something, it's never pretty. It stinks, smells, and it's rotten. Trust me. But the devil wants you to be living in your past. Why does he want you to live in your past? So you will forget about your future. You know, I, when I wrote that, I was like, man, that's another sermon right there I can write about. He wants you living in your past so you will forget about your future. That you will forget about your calling in Christ Jesus. He doesn't want you to walk in your calling. He wants you to be living in your past. But no, my past is buried. And I'm not going back. And that's exactly what you got to tell the devil. You got to command him. No, devil, I'm not going back. My past is buried. With Christ Jesus, and I'm not going back. I'm pressing on. I'm reaching out to what Christ has taken hold of me, and I'm walking in what Christ has for me for the future. I'm looking ahead. I'm not looking back. Amen? We can't, it's, we can't look back anymore. The past is the past. You'll never get back tomorrow. Amen? You got to look forward to what's coming, to the future. Because the devil doesn't want you in God's will for your life. He wants you trapped. And when you have thoughts that keep you trapped, you have to take them captive and rebuke them. God has a plan for your life. It's a good plan. And the devil has a plan for your life too. And he doesn't want you walking in God's plan. God's plan is for you. You know, there's a song like that. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. And it's like they repeat that course many times because it's like we all have thick heads, you know. And sometimes, you know, I learned that sometimes you got to repeat things to people more than once or twice or more than three times. And then you got to make them repeat it back to you. So they know they understand you 100%. You know, you ask my family, they said, Dad, why do you repeat things so many times? Do you know why? Because I want you to get it. I want you to get it in your spirit and take hold of it. Because it's the same thing how God got me and took hold of me. And he gave me scriptures that he'll never fail me or forsake me. When God says he'll never do something, that means he'll never do it. Right? 
He'll never fail you or forsake you. I want you to get that in your spirit just like I got it in mine. You got to hold on to those promises of God. Because they're promises of God and you don't want to let them go. Amen? That's why you repeat it. That's why I was like, he'll never fail me or forsake me. He'll never fail me or forsake me. God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. He's not against you. You know, sometimes you just got to say that over and over again. In your spirit to build you up. To get your, get your, to light that fire that's inside you. Sometimes you just got to repeat that over and over again. God is for me. God is for me. He is for me. He's not against me. He's for me. And you got to build yourself up. Because there's promises that God has given us for our lives. And his promises are true and amen. God cannot go against his word. And God cannot be a liar. When he says he will never fail you or forsake you, he means it. It's like the word all is all and the word never is never. Amen? Amen. So God has a plan for your life and it's a good plan. And the devil doesn't want you walking in that good plan. The devil doesn't want you striving. The devil doesn't want you reaching out or pressing into God. He wants to keep you trapped. But we have to be like soldiers. We are called to be overcomers. We are called to be warriors in his kingdom. A soldier, a saint... We are a member of God's royal family. We are a holy nation, a people set apart for God. We are a royal priesthood. Amen? That's who you are. I'm a holy nation. I'm a person set apart for God. I'm a member of God's royal household. I'm an heir. And you got to tell yourself that. And you got to rebuke those thoughts that come into your mind. And you say, no, devil, I stop you right there in your tracks. I command you to turn around and go because I am a member of the royal family. I am a royal priest. I am a holy nation. I am a person set apart from God to do good works. So get out of my way. Quit, quit. Quit pulling me back. Quit trying to halt my progress because I'm reaching out and I'm pressing in to the goal that God has for me. Amen? There's nothing better than what the devil wants you to do is sit around all day and dwell on your sorrows and your woes and spiral right down into a pit of hell. Right? Into depression and despair. Well, I'm telling you what, I'm not meant to be living in depression or despair. I've been meant to live a victorious life. To be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Because Christ overcame. I too can overcome. Amen. So when those thoughts come. You take them captive like a soldier. I mean some, if you have to visualize. Let's see. 
Who are those guys that the Queen's guards have? They have the big black hats. And they stand guard at the gate. They're soldiers in the royal army. There and they're, and they're posted. Um, I can't think of the castle or the place where the Queen lives. But where the Queen of England lives. And those soldiers are steadfast, stern. I mean, they don't flinch. They don't move. They've been, they've, they've been trained to stay there. Even though people can come up and taunt them, touch them, you know, try to get them to laugh or say something, they're trained to stand there like a soldier and to be a soldier. If you have to picture that in your mind to rebuke the devil, then do it. It's a tool. Sometimes you have to imagine that thing. Sometimes you have to imagine being a soldier, standing guard, with all your weaponry ready for battle. So that way when the devil comes, you're like, nope, I ain't going to take this. I know this isn't from God. You're going to turn right around because, boy, you're going to step over here. You're going to get in trouble. You know? There's a line. you got to draw that line. And he's like, if you cross that line, you're doomed. You don't want to come over here because there's power inside of me that's greater than something you've ever seen before in your life that this world hasn't seen. And that's coming pretty soon to this earth. And that's Jesus coming for his victorious bride. And that's how we got to be, that's how we become victorious. Right? You become victorious by taking guard over your mind, by taking a stand and being an overcomer. Philippians chapter 3. Getting excited and breathing hard. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 3. Oh, I got to read this. I got to read this first. I just open up to it. I believe it's the Holy Spirit. Go to chapter 3, verse 2 for a second. Philippians chapter 3, verse 2. This ties right in. It says, watch out for those dogs. Those men who do evil. Those mutilators of the flesh. We got to watch out for those dogs. Amen? It says, for we, in verse 3, for we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Amen? Watch out for those dogs. I like that scripture. But in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12, through uh, chapter 4, verse 1, it says this, Not that I have already reached the goal, or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it, because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. You see what I, see what I just read right there? Did you hear that? I want to put it this way. 
Christ Jesus took hold of me when I was saved. When I asked Jesus into my heart, He took hold of me. He called me His. I'm His. Now I'm taking hold of Him. Because He reached out to me. I'm reaching out to Him. I'm taking hold of Him because He first took hold of me. And He changed my life forever. And that's what He'll do for you. Amen? I've been taken hold of by Christ. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do is forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. Do you think yourself mature, Christian? Do you think this way? If you're a mature Christian, we need to be thinking this way. Right? Trust me, God preaches to me when I get these messages all the time. Let us all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Did you hear that? Many live as enemies of, to the cross of Christ. That's what we see in our day to day. There are many enemies out there that live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach, their glory is in their shame, and they are focused on earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there. Amen? I preach this every week almost on the end times, and I say Jesus is coming soon, morning, night, or noon. We're eagerly waiting. Our spirits are groaning for that day when Jesus is coming on the clouds. Revelation 19.11. Jesus is coming soon on his white horse on the clouds. Coming to get his church. Amen. Who's made herself ready. Who's made herself pure and spotless. That's what we're in the process of being. Becoming. Jesus, is, we're in the process of becoming pure and spotless. That's what is happening, I believe, in the church. That's why many have fallen away and many have fallen asleep. That's why he says in the end days that many will fall away. And they'll run off to everything their itching ears want to hear. That sounds good to them. But not the remnant the remnant of Christ Jesus will stand firm on his word, 
unshakable, full of the Holy Spirit, able to do the exploits that Jesus did and greater things than these. Amen? Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, he will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. So then, my dearly loved and longed-for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown is this manner. Stand firm in the Lord. Do you hear that? Paul is telling them, my brothers and sisters, my joy and crown, in this manner, stand firm in the Lord. Dear friends, Stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. We have to stand firm in our faith. We have to give God the glory. Amen. And we have to rejoice. Rejoice. And again I say rejoice. (laughs) It says rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. This is Philippians chapter 4 now, verse 4. So when we come up to worship, even though we're a small little group, we should just be pouring our hearts out to God and rejoicing with all that we have and all our strength, not worrying about how we sound, how we play, how we look, but like, Just rejoicing that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life and that God has plans for you and they're good plans. Plans that you know you're going to be in heaven and not be cast in the pit of hell. Amen? He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. I'm going to dig more into that because when he says that, there's a period there. The Lord is near. Well, where two or more are gathered, what does it say? That he's right there in the midst of our presence. The Lord is near. The Lord is near right now. Right now, the Lord is near you. The Lord is near us. The Lord is here in this place. We're believers like-minded come together in Jesus Christ under his name to give him glory and to give him praise. The Lord is near. We have to believe that with all our hearts and walk in that. Don't worry about anything but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understandings will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So what is going to guard your heart and your mind? I just read it. How do you guard your heart and mind like a soldier? Well, you do what we just read. You rejoice in the Lord always. You don't worry about anything, right? Through prayer, your prayer, your prayer life, you petition God. With what? With thanksgiving. You also present your request to God, and it says, And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. So how do we guard our outer court? Through all those things I just read to you. Rejoice, prayer, don't worry. Be gracious. It says finally, in verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Dwell on these things. What does it mean to dwell? Right? To dwell on them means to think about them. Means to ponder them. Means to hide them in your heart. Hide them in your mind. You know, the one thing about Mary, what she did was pretty amazing. The things that uh, Mary, what the angel has said to Mary, is said that Mary pondered those things in her heart. She hid those things in her heart and she pondered them. She didn't go around telling everybody, God said I'm going to have the Messiah. I'm going to be the mother of Jesus. I'm going to be the mother of God. She didn't go around bragging about it, did she? No. She hid them in her heart. I think she only told her betrothed husband, Joseph, who an angel confirmed it later because he was in denial. But she pondered them. She hid them in her heart. We got to do the same thing. We got to dwell. We got to ponder on these things. We got to hide them in our hearts. All right? Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Did you hear that? You do those things, and the God of peace will be with you. He'll be with you. He won't fail you or forsake you. He'll be with you. He is for you. He'll be with you. There's a promise right there. Think on these things. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any moral excellence in you, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. And the God of peace will be with you. I don't know about right now in this world that we live in, we definitely need the God of peace, amen? Because the devil is definitely not the God of peace, he's the God of chaos, with a little g. Our God is a capital G. The God of peace. Amen. So, Father, I praise you and thank you, Lord God, for this word today. I praise you and thank you, Lord God, for, Lord God, what you're doing in our midst. I pray that, Lord, that your word would go out of here and would be in our hearts, that we would think on these things, ponder these things, dwell on these things. 
Lord, I pray that we would enter our prayer closets and worship you and praise you or prayer basements, Lord God, whatever it may be, our place where we go to get along with you, Lord God, that, Lord, that you would, Lord God, just make yourself known to us more and more. I pray for a hunger for your word like never before. We need to, we need to be eating your word like we eat meals, <laughs> morning, noon, and night. Lord God, three times a day and then some. And I pray this, Lord God, for us. I pray for that hunger for your word to be in us. I pray for revelation of your word, Lord God, over us. And I pray that, Lord God, that we would guard our minds and our hearts and our spirits, Lord God. And I pray this, Lord, over your people in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.